Okay. All right. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode six of the Sunny 16 podcast. I'm Aid, uh, your host, and I have here today with me, as you might expect, my co-host, Graham. And we have a special guest today. But Graham, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Aid. Very pleased to be here again. And I'm very pleased to have with us today the eponymous almost third wheel of the show um it's dave off of the forums dave welcome to the show mate thank you graham it's a real pleasure to have you here um as i as a keeps pointing out i think he thinks you and i are having a bromance i have to say that's it's a dream of mine but unfortunately it has yet to be fulfilled but you do a lot of interesting stuff and we're going to catch up a bit later and uh, find out what you've been up to in the last few weeks but First off, Aid, I'm hoping you're going to fill us in on what you've been up to lately. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. So I've been getting some films back from the lab. And some of the things that I spoke about in previous episodes uh, are now coming to fruition. Uh, I mentioned taking a Holger and my Bronica to a family barbecue for my nephew's birthday. And some of the photos, well, in fact, all of the photos from that are back now. And... We talked at the time about the stress of doing a family photo shoot where the, you know, being the nominated person or the, the, the known person in the family for being the one that's interested in photography and can you bring your photos. I mean, I, you know, I love being asked by the family to do that sort of stuff, as you know. But there is always, especially when you're shooting film, uh, a little bit of pressure to make sure you get it right. So... On Saturday, I think it was, an email dropped into my inbox and it, it was the uh, the transfer of the files for the three rolls of film I shot. Two rolls through the Bronica, so they were 645, you know, decent professional standard camera. And then a roll through my Holger, uh, which I love, uh, always fun, but slightly less reliable in terms of output. Uh, but so only one roll through that, uh, all of which were Fuji Pro 100H uh, and prompted a comment from uh, somebody very close to me in my household who prefers that I take digital photography. <laughs> she said that... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, don't tell me that you can re reverse engineer who that might be, surely. <laughs> anyway, she might have said, oh, they look quite good. They look nice and modern and they don't look like retro photographs and and they look almost like digital so if you're going to shoot film can you shoot that film i said yeah 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 it's only about eight pound a roll no bother <laughs> like, but the, i do like the fuji films and i do like the fuji pro 400h uh, all of which is a a rambling introduction to actually what did the photos look like so to put you out of any kind of tension any kind of suspense i totally nailed it yeah i mean i've only seen the one picture I totally nailed that one. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, so we're just going to assume that, that all the rest of the role, yeah, just basically that one indicative of everything, was it? It was actually. In fact, that was the worst one of the lot. So, oh. uh, the the shot you're referring to is is a shot of my nephew uh, crawling on a blanket in his garden, uh, which has now been posted to the Sunny Sixteen podcast Flickr group. Uh, which can be found on Flickr, uh, unsurprisingly, under the name Sunny16 Podcast. Uh, please, listeners, come and join the group and submit photos to it and, and join the chat. 
there were so I got back uh, 15 shots a roll from the Bronny of course and 12 from the Holger so across the whole afternoon I took what's that add up to 42 photographs and I'm pleased to say that quite a lot of those were well received by the family so I have uh, fulfilled the family obligation and uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself in the first place uh, there's a lot of lying on the ground though when you take a shot of a one-year-old <laughs> yeah, as you can, can tell imagine. from the photo that you know the, the that i've posted on the on the Flickr uh, group which shows him crawling uh, but it's a sort of level photo so at that point i was just lying completely flat on the ground uh, with my camera uh, trying to grab his attention get him to smile uh, get him to do something interesting so i could take the shot well, uh, on the bright side, uh, you have a waist-level finder, at least, for that camera, right? Yeah, but I never use it, though, because I prefer to shoot in aperture priority. Uh, aperture, aperture priority is, is my thing. <laughs> Apple what now? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Apple priority. Apple what it is, is that I stick in the waist-level finder an apple, and that makes it more difficult to see. <laughs> So then I usually take that off and put the, uh, the uh, what is it called? The AE Prism 2, I think it's called on the Veronica, uh, which is uh, simply a prism for the top of the camera that allows you to work in aperture priority. Uh, does it? I, I'm guessing that's what happens if you turn the switch to A, right? On the, on the um, finder. Oh, well, it does have two, yeah. yeah so, it's A and M. And I'm yes. guessing if it's on A, then that's an aperture priority mode, is it? <laughs> you it's, live and you learn. <laughs> I think it's A for automatic. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, give it a, but, but in being automatic, it's essentially aperture priority because you set the aperture on the lens, as you would with any sensible camera, and then you uh, it manages within the body of the camera it manages the shutter speed on your behalf all the way up to a cracking 500th of a second which is all you get on the bronicas so uh, yes it does that but on the m setting because you're right on the find at least on the, the 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 ae2 finder there is an ae3 but i've never used one of those the ae2 finder actually has an m setting as well which that does all that does is it brings you up the correct shutter speed in the finder itself so yeah. it's it's not a match needle system. It's more it just tells you do you need to set the shutter to uh, a one twenty fifth, a two fiftieth, or or whatever it might be, and then you you have to go and and uh, turn the knob on the side of the camera body to set the shutter speed to the right place. So you can get use it just as a meter, or you can use it as a an aperture priority camera. Uh, I, I've I've always just used it in on M because I wasn't sure what the A was for, and I thought, well. Don't want to risk it. But That's interesting because you love to have cameras that are dead simple to use. And, you know, yeah, uh, and point and shoot. I mean, you keep sending me these horrible plastic nonsense boxes, which actually I am enjoying. So don't get me wrong, I am enjoying. But it's not. I, I would have thought you'd have liked aperture priority as as a thing. Oh, now that I know what it is, I'm sure I'll be thrilled with it. <laughs> I just didn't know that's what that meant, dial meant. Um, I've never got as far as reading the instructions for it. So, uh. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. You live and learn. That's what this podcast's all about, isn't it? So, so go on, sorry. So, so, as you said, so far you've only showed the picture from the Bronica. How did the stuff from the Holger come out? Uh, good question. It came out slightly the same 
but with more muted colours. Uh, I had a I had a, a fridge full of this Fuji Pro 400H, which was going out of date, so I had to use colour in the holger, which is not something I particularly like to do. I find with the toy cameras, they for me, I much prefer the black and white. So you've got some snapshots, but not as good as the Bronica. The Bronica really outshines the holger, which you'd kind of hope. But the the Holger, I think, you know, when I'm taking slightly more arty photographs and and uh, uh, you know trying to Im- improve my vision and what have you and and express myself and all of those marvelous things that uh, that that artists talk about that I have no idea what they really mean. Uh, the then I tend to shoot black and white and uh, that tends to work better for me. So I, I was less pleased with the Holger ones, although I got 12 shots back, which, as you know, with, uh, with, with some of these toy cameras or some of these very cheap cameras, getting a whole roll of film back is actually quite impressive in its own right. That's true. Dave, I want to ask you about this because, to the best of my knowledge, you've got some very good quality cameras. I know you shot, obviously shoot the Hasselblad and you've got your Ricoh, G, what is it? Ricoh GR1S. <laughs> Has or Dave not. left the building? Uh, it says he's still on the call. It says he's still on the call. I think he's he he hasn't well, gone I, away. I don't think. We'll just wait patiently to to wander back, guys. Sorry. Where did you Where did you go, you son well, of a bitch? I was bitch. listening to the podcast again and I just <laughs> wandered off. Uh, it's one of those boring <laughs> segments from Aid, I think. <laughs> Sorry, what? what, what okay, well, I would, yeah, we can skip back to the point where I ask you a question. Okay, are you ready to be? How engaged? does that help my edit chances, Aid? Was that a nice? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you'll be yeah. fine. You'll be fine. Stop worrying about it. Are you? Are yeah, you it's ba- cool. Come on, let's go. Okay, so. um Dave, I want to ask you about this because, to the best of my knowledge, you've got. Um, quite a few nice high quality uh, cameras. You've got your Hasselblad, you've got your Ricoh, is it GR1S? Mm. It's the GR1V, hell of a camera. And you just, uh, am I right, you just picked up an Olympus as well? Yes, an OM, the OM um, Model 1. Very nice. So you've got some very good um, pro level cameras. And you also have enjoyed shooting this last year quite a lot of <laughs> real rough and ready pinhole stuff as well. Have you mucked around much with the with these plastic cameras, stuff like the Holgers and the Dianas? Because I, I don't recall ever particularly seeing you do much with that stuff. I've got the uh, Cosmic Symbol. Of course, yes. Of course. I think AIDS had a go on it as well. AIDS, is that plastic that lens? I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, you lent me that actually ooh, a year ago, maybe. It was a while back. And I, I loved it. I loved it so much. I bought one myself recently. Yeah. Oh, I really should have listened to the podcast and I might have realised that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm remembering it's now. It's a good camera. That wasn't pretty much the first film camera that you bought. Wasn't that um, a Lubitown? Uh, no, my first film camera was a Practica Model L, which is an excellent film camera to choose. It's, uh, it's a bit like the Olympus OM um, with fully mechanical shutter speeds. Mm. So no battery is required. There's not even a light meter if you want one, which is, you know, sunny 16 and all. No, they're cracking cameras. They're not quite as elegant as the OM, but... Uh... Yeah, it kicks like a mule, um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a good camera. 
Um, the, yeah, the OMs can be good. What prompted you to pick that up? Probably this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite happy with my Route 3, listed a few of my cameras there, you know, and I'd, you know, I thought I got to grips with the cameras and I was settled on the blad as a wonderful, you know, tool to take pictures with and then bang, right back into 35mm land. So, yeah, that makes me sound like a real <laughs> <laughs> medium format snob. Which yeah, well, I mean, like. the thing is, to certain, you, you did stick with medium format in a way that I find really impressive because was it last year you went to Korea? Yes. And... You took the Hasselblad with you for for your essentially for all of your travel shooting, which I think is quite an amazing commitment because that's not a small point and shoot to be lugging around. But why did you take that one with you? <laughs> that was every time I go on holiday, I like to buy a new camera to take, and you know this was the Hasselblad's turn, um, so I picked up from Costas in Lewisham of a guy that I met by Gumtree and to get over to um, Korea the next day. It's, the uh, next it's, day? Yeah. <laughs> That's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not really a good tactic, but it's a fun one. I've pulled this trick a few times and, you know, it's not always with fancy cameras like Hasselblad. Sometimes, you know, it's been a £10 camera from eBay. You know, you just get the camera and go. And, uh, yes, yeah, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But always worth treating yourself to a new camera for a holiday. Listener advice. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with the medium format thing as well. Uh, I uh, I mean, it's one of the things I was going to say about the family birthday party is that there's something for me that is just a, a, a an aesthetic that comes with shooting something larger than 35mm. Uh, it didn't have to sure. be any particular kind of medium format for me, but you know, to shoot something that is fairly wide angle of view with a seventy-five millimeter lens or eighty millimeter lens, I guess for the Hassie, isn't it? I love that look. Yeah, no, it sounds lovely. Um, I like it because it gives a sort of three D effect. If you notice that, um, oh yeah, the, the... when you print it, it's, um, it really pops out. It's uh, yeah, the the depth on that, I I found that, obviously, on the one roll of film that I managed to not murder, um, that I put through your blood. Uh, yeah, did the, you get a film out of it? Excellent. Let's see some yeah. pictures. Yeah, no, I did. I mean, they they, they, they were amazing. And they were, but yeah, I will I will shove a couple of them up because um, it was grabbed at the last minute. And I think I used the um, partially cooked roll of uh, Kodak T-Max that you'd left in the bag. Um, but no, they, they came out. And, and as you yeah, said... Yeah, I saw you fire five off in a car park as well. <laughs> lens cap on, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I did blitz through the last few shots on there. Um, but um, but no, I, I completely get what you mean about that that depth on there. The, those shots really do pop. I mean, considering you bought this camera, this large um, camera, and went straight away with it to a foreign country, what it, having seen some of the pictures that you've taken whilst you're away, you were able to get pictures of people and you know even things like um, guards on. The, was it the, the train that you were on? I, I, you had a shot of some guards, and I cannot remember what that was from. Ah, uh, yeah, the guys on the north-south border, and in the it, JSA. Yeah, so you you, and obviously that's not a discreet camera that you're using. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay though, you know. There's this is like a tourist thing, uh, as well as being the real 
bureaucratic central for it. It's uh, you know, there's American girls doing star jumps next to the guards and things. You know, oh, it was. Uh, I had the trick with that photo is waiting for all the tourists doing stupid stuff to get out of the way. Yeah. To take it so it looked like you know it wasn't just open to the tourists, but. Yeah, it was. It's, it's not a stealthy camera. That's quite a noisy one as well. The Hasselblad, I mean, if you noticed that when you're shooting it. Yeah, yeah, I most certainly did. You, you're not sneaking around and catching anybody unawares with that thing. Um, it's got a, uh, a reassuring clunk to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, that sounds like that's probably time to move on. Actually, then, isn't it? And talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> something else so i mean actually it's, it's an interesting uh interesting flow to the podcast today because actually we're talking about that we talked about capture and now actually we're going to talk about development so second uh topic for this particular episode graham you're going to talk uh, and dave i understand a little bit as well about developing at home something which i am of the three of us uniquely qualified not to talk about at the moment well, this is our intervention, I think. Uh, Dave and I have... Uh, this is the main reason Dave's here, is just to say, hey, you're spending too much money on film development. You mm. need to start doing this at home. Um, yeah. Because I've been developing black and white at home, I think, since within a couple of months of starting shooting film at home. And uh, how long have you been developing at home for? It's, it's about the same, isn't it, Dave? You started off very early on. Since you sent me the Patterson tank... Um, in the post, I don't know when was that, like six years ago now, maybe? Yeah, not, not quite that long, but it was a while ago. Because the thing is, that particularly if you want to shoot black and white film, it's really expensive to get it developed. I mean, I don't know how much you're paying at the moment, but I know that when I look, there's about £12 a roll to send it away. And also, you just have to wait and be patient, which are not things I'm great at. And, <laughs> and black and white film is so easy to develop at home that it's almost a no-brainer. And so for me, it was the financial aspect that particularly drove getting into developing at home. Uh, and then once you start doing it, um, you discover it's easy and it's fun. Um, and you don't need very much stuff. I mean, I've got my dark bag, which I used to change, get the uh, roll of film onto the reels and into the tank. I've got the tank. And do you use uh, scissors in there? Uh, I do. I, this is, I've got a, <laughs> last week or whenever it was, <laughs> I have my, snipped up in there. yeah, I, I have my great tip for medium format roll film. I've got an even better tip for 35 millimeter um, film onto reels. And I watched a few videos when I was first learning to do this and I didn't see anybody do this. And now I just don't understand why everybody doesn't do this because I'm really cack handed getting the film leader to take on a reel is something that I mess up a lot. The first time I ever did it, because I didn't have a dark bag or a dark room, I thought, I'm going to do this underneath my, my um, bedclothes. You know, the classic, oh, just do it underneath your bedclothes. Um, <laughs> the things I did... <laughs> Sorry, let's just all sit quietly and ponder what you just said for a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, it's a classic thing, eh? Everyone's doing it. What I didn't think about was that, one... I had really thick duvet on. Two, I was wearing a jumper. And three, it went horribly wrong because I'd never done it before. And once I'd started, I couldn't stop and come out because I pulled all the film off the thing. So I'm just sweating myself to death for about 45 minutes. 
under the. Mm-hmm. I could have died under there. Yeah. But anyway, it gets tense. It does and when it doesn't go on properly. Ah, oh, I'm trying to slip around. God. It, yes, it's, it's bad. Thirty-five millimeter. What I've realised is that just start the film off in daylight. You've got the leader anyway that you used to, you know, spoil it onto the camera in the first place. There's enough leader there for you to actually just feed it on and get it hooked into the reel, then put it into the dark bag. How easy is that? Why did it not say that on any of the videos that I've watched? <laughs> do you do that, Dave? Is that a thing that you do? How are you getting this leader out of the canister? No, because, no, okay, that's one of the best things that I've bought is uh, one of the little Ilford film retrievers. Oh, that guy, yeah. It's got a little tongue. You stick it in and you can just pull the leader back yeah. out again. Uh, that has been well worth the not very much money that it cost. Um, but anyway, get the roll of film on. I'd be worried that you're sort of widening it out enough to sneak a bit of light in there. No, it's fine. I've, I've never had a problem with it. Never had a problem with it. Um, because the bit that you're pushing in is only the thickness, is like two slivers of basically film thickness material. And it just, the way it kind of goes in, it then sandwiches it and pulls it out. It, it works really well, and I've never had a problem. And then, because I can get the leader out, I can then start that off in the reel and finish it off in the dark bag. And um, You're the leader of the pack. Yeah, exactly. I'm the leader of the pack, and I don't know why anybody wouldn't do that. Um, that sounds really. That sounds all too, entirely too sensible for, to me. There's got to. There's got to be a downside at some point because otherwise people would have been doing that forever, wouldn't they? The, the, the thing is, with all te- technological advancements, that it needs to come from laziness and incompetence. That's what drives me forward. It's like, well, this is hard work. What can I do to make it easier? You know what? I I, I believe that's what Sir James Dyson uses as his catchphrase. <laughs> there you go. See, me, me and James Boy, we're on the same page. Um, <laughs> yeah. Breaking news! Pixelated Photographer, which is the fantastic forum to which we are uh, a proud offshoot of. Every month, Chris puts up an assignment uh, to motivate us to get off our lazy backsides and take some pictures. And the assignment for this month is to take a picture of something boring and make it look interesting. (laughs) What Dave has done and it's delightful because I'm just envisaging the scene that led to this picture as much as anything this is a picture that was clearly taken at the uh, British supermarket Waitrose uh, and it's a stack of double cream with a Prince CD at the back which is wonderful, did you take the Prince Mm. CD with you Dave or did you just yes, I took it in there and I took the shot and it was very tense (laughs) Um... It's, I was glad to get out. It's, 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 I like it a lot. I think um, Prince would asso- appreciate being associated with uh, something as smooth as double creams. So I like it. Uh, this, so you, this is stuff you've just... You've souped this stuff at home, haven't you, Dave? Yes, this is in the tetanol kit, and um, it's so easy. It's, do you know what? I think it's easier than black and white. Really? Yeah, everything's uh it doesn't matter what film you have it all takes the same time uh, you know, three minutes 15 on a nice fresh batch then you're on to four minutes of bleaks and then uh you know you just get that under the tap and chuck a bit of uh, stabilizer in at the end so you're, you're done you know maybe 10 minutes 
And uh, how are you keeping the temperature stable throughout that? Because that's the thing that's always put me off is the fact that it needs to be warmer and it needs to be stable throughout. Yeah, what you want to do is get a big bowl, put all of your chemistry in bottles and fill it full of really hot water from the hot tap. And, you know, it might be sort of 45 degrees and you can put some crap thermometer in there and watch it cool down. And then when it hits 38, you're good to go. And how many rolls of film can you get out of this thing? Because that's the other thing. is, I've been looking at a few different kits and they do them in different sizes as well. Are you mixing up all the chemicals in one go and then just reusing them over and over and over again? Or is it like with black and white where you just one shot at each time and... Sure, it's it's like Ribena and, you know, you could just go for a little bit of it, uh, particularly the bleaks, and um, it's quite strong. You make up your chemistry and then you, like, you throw it away. I think that's okay. Um, yeah, so you just work your way through it. It's concentrate. So, but how many rolls do you reckon you'll get out of this this um, set that you got? Mm, well, I've done two at a time, uh, two 35mm films. So I knocked up a roll of that, teamed up with a roll from my Canon AE-1 program, which is another excellent camera, but it's broken, um, and the film was rubbish. There's nothing on it. Um, it's ooh. been... Ooh. And I bought a new lens for it as well. Did you see that lens? <laughs> yeah, I the, did. Uh, oh, no. Did you see so the lens cap? Mm. That's very nice. That the very nice very Olympics. Nice, Which Olympics yeah. was it from? It's from the uh, 1994 Olympics. 84. Oh, 84. Oh, the Los Angeles. Ah, right. The 84 Olympic Games. So it came with the lens cap and they said, hey, you know, this might be the lens for this lens cap. And that was good enough for me. So I picked it up for £30 and uh, disappointed to learn the camera's broken. So I'm balls deep in trying to fix that at the moment. So you're actually trying to... What's wrong with it? The shutter doesn't work. Um, there's a little electromagnet in the base of it. If you take the base plate off, and it doesn't seem to work properly. They say cleaning it might sort it out. Um, yeah, dunk it in alcohol and leave it for... Yeah, I only had Jim Beam, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll be fine. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was with the black and white stuff, you you have always adopted a slightly different approach. You've been doing a lot of long... Um, stand development, haven't you? Because I, I, Ooh, I, I, what a development! What yes, a development! Sure. Yeah, what a development! That's so, amazing. That development. Why don't you do that? You, you haven't done that, have you? I think it's the, mainly because the developer that I've been buying. I, I've used. I've been most time. I've been using Ilfosol three because I can buy it locally, and it's been reliable for me so far. And after having messed yeah. it a few times with other stuff, that's nice um, enough. But, um, yeah, having seen results you get and also the economy you get, because when I'm using my Ilfosol 3, I'm mixing that developer up at about 9 to 1 and using it in the one shot. So you get through it fairly quickly. But when you're doing your um, stand development, what sort of quantities are you using for that? Uh, that's the 1 plus 100. Okay, so that's going to go quite a lot further then. It lasts forever. You were um, whittering on last week, I think, about... Whittering? Um, whittering on, Matthew. Um, like you were having a great discussion about your <laughs> developer. Your, was it your HC110? Yeah. And it was a little bit past the sell-by date. Yeah, that's the stuff I killed. 
with road and all, they don't know what the sell-by date of this is. You know, it's only been around for, I don't know, 100 years, 120 years, and none of it's gone off yet. So <laughs> they, they <laughs> don't know what the, the expiration date is. It's got a half-life like uranium. That's good, I think. Yeah, it's great. And you just need a tiny amount of it, pop it in, 1 to 100, leave it for an hour perfect it doesn't matter what film you use or what camera settings you have do you know what i think the thing that impresses me most about this is the confidence and the relaxedness if that's even a word about how you two guys are talking about this you know that actually you know demystifying it if you like is it enough for you to try it aid well, I, you know, uh, the question, I suppose, is am I respectful of your intervention, if that's what this is? <laughs> that's true. Uh, I think, as Dave's just pointed out, the thing is that in reality, to develop your own film at home, you need very little stuff. You, you need a bottle of developer and a bottle of fixer. That's really all the chemicals that you need. You need a developing tank. A, a darkroom bag is helpful and something to Essential. measure. Uh, yeah, essential. Yeah, and, <laughs> and a measuring jug, a measuring, and that's it. That I is think I've got a lot need. of that, apart from the chemicals in the tank, anyway. Because I, yeah. I have a, I have a dart bag because I have a Diana camera which consistently rolls fat rolls, and you You've can only ever take bag. the. Fi- that's, oh, there you you go. shouldn't have let that slip, eh? Yeah, and I said I've got You've a got spare film tank use. that I can send you, so you're oh good to go, God. dude. You're good to go. Well, Ed, I, I, I think you should definitely, even if you only give it a go once to see if it's um, something that is for you, I definitely should give it a try. Because it's another thing that uh, when you're shooting film, it's part of the enjoyment of it. And developing your own eggs will give you an immense feeling of satisfaction. There is that first time when you pull out the reel and unspool it and just see all your pictures hanging mm. in it. It's, it's great. It is a yeah. real buzz. It doesn't go away as well. And like, you, that's why you're like doing colour, Graham. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like your first kiss. <laughs> well, like a... I still look forward <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Um, as long as you follow those simple rules that we went through. Yeah, well, I wrote them down, so um, I should be all right. I should be all right. Um, but yeah, well, I hope you do give it a go, Aid. I hope you do give it a go. Well, I'll tell you what, seeing as you've both asked so nicely, <laughs> I, will get, I will give it a go. I, I, will, I will take that on as an experiment on behalf of the Sunny 16 podcast. Yay, intervention success, Dave. <laughs> Our mission hey, how about been... that? <laughs> Absolutely, and I will report back, maybe not in the next episode, because it might take me some time to sort it out, but I will report back on my adventures in developing my own film and... Yeehaw! <laughs> Yeehaw indeed. <laughs> Okay, all right, moving on then. Whilst we've been talking about film, of course, uh, there is, or there has been, the film of the month, the Agfa Vista 200CN film that we've all three of us been shooting, actually. Uh, Sounds like Dave's really enjoyed his, but I think uh, the the film of the month period is probably coming to an end, isn't it, Graham? And uh, time to wrap that up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think we've, it's, it's been a month. Um, and I, I know that I've still got, I think I've got 
three cameras. I know I've got a roll with one or two shots left in my Vivitar Ultra Wide. I've got a roll with some shots left in the Practica. I've got a roll that I have red scaled in my Olympus. Oh, I've got a roll in my Olympus uh, as well. So I've got four rolls still on the go, which will come out over the next few weeks as I get this colour kick, because that's going to definitely motivate me to finish those up. But, um, yeah, well, what do you guys think of having had a chance to shoot it? And, Dave, you've gone even further and developed it and scanned it. What, what are your feelings on it? The second best bit about it is the how cheaply it's made. Uh, you can really rip off that <laughs> spindle, no problem. You know, you don't have to take a pair of scissors to that thing. It just comes right on off and sort of crumbles away. But um, that's yeah, that's a real plus point. So I'm, I'm getting the feeling, as I said, that you're not blown away with the film. Um. I don't know, maybe it's my developing technique, who knows. Aid, what about you? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm, I'm mostly curious what the first best thing is actually about <laughs> it, if, if the second best thing is that it falls apart. So, uh, I mean, I shot two rolls of it, one through the cosmic symbol and one through the wide pick panorama point and shoot that you sent me. And I actually quite liked the results out of the cosmic it seems to have uh, quite a vibrant sense of uh, uh, quite vibrant colours, and and also uh, it's picked up. Uh, as you know, a lot of my day-to-day photography is along the banks of the River Thames on my commute, and that, yeah, where you get quite a lot of contrast between you know, the buildings and sometimes the river and then the sky, uh, or quite a, a, a. And it actually felt like it had quite a bit of dynamic range associated with it as well. So I quite liked it actually. I think the film for me. It's for pound. It's great, and as Dave was saying, the the fact that it's twenty four shots, I I really like. Cause it, yeah, that's it, my number one feature on this. There film. you go. That's that's the number one feature. Number one, it doesn't have too many shots. Number two, it breaks easily. <laughs> um, I also would like to say that I don't actually know what I'm talking about with color film as well. You know, I haven't really shot. I've maybe shot like six or seven colour films in my life that have actually been turned into colour and I haven't just whacked in red and all at one plus one hundred yeah. to develop as black and white. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm not the same, to be honest. I, I, I was looking last night uh, because I, I've not shot that much um, colour film and the stuff that I have shot has been either expired or uh, Fuji Superior, so it's still a relatively cheap film, but more expensive than that. And, and I was looking at um, pictures that I'd shot on the Fuji, uh, on the Superior stuff to compare it. And I think, I think the Superior is a better color film, but then it's also a bit more expensive. But I, I do like this Aquafoto Vista, and for chucking in cameras that I don't know quite what they're going to be like as as a test film as a color test film i think it's great i mean for pound for a roll of film you just can't go wrong and i only developed the one roll of film as black and white uh, and that was with the one i shot through the pinhole camera so i can't really speak too much to the results from that but it developed okay as black and white but i certainly don't think you'd be buying this stuff to um to, to use as a cheap black and white alternative i mean you could do but uh, can i jump in with the point about black and white um Please do. Doesn't make any difference what you go for in terms of shutter speed. It's it's gonna work. 
That's true. That well, the, the, the latitude on that is so big as well. I mean, to a certain extent, it does matter what if you choose one second and it actually needs three hours. That's probably not going to fly. But um, you do have a fairly broad range of I stuff. I could get that going. I reckon challenge accepted. Okay, I, I will wait to see the results <laughs> from that. Um, okay, so we've all enjoyed part, possibly from Dave. Not quite sure. <laughs> getting mixed messages from Dave. Uh, we've all enjoyed playing with the month (laughs) (laughs) two out of ten must try harder and now we need a project for next month so graham uh there's a a little thing on our topic list here that just says graham's great idea and i don't know about you dave are you curious at all no no (laughs) no me so let's move on shall we to the housekeeping elements at the (laughs) end no 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 i i I will be heard i will be heard Uh, yeah I was thinking about this, and one of the big things that you know, in the not that it's an argument, there's room in the world for digital photography and film photography. But one of the big things that people keep saying that digital is just better than film is because it's so much cheaper to shoot digitally, and that shooting film is an expensive way of doing it. And I thought it's up to us to prove to the world that this is not the case. And I thought we could do calling. This is our calling. Yeah, this is this. You can't see this, but actually a spotlight on me now. And this is now an impassioned um, thing. (laughs) Are there angels singing? (laughs) So what I came up with in in no way at all a blatant blatant rip off of uh, Top Gear format. But what I thought I'd do is. Which one are you? uh, I'm going to go. uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've got the new ones now. I can't remember who any of those people are. I'm the attractive German lady. I'm gonna we're gonna have a budget, and that budget is twenty pounds, okay? And for that twenty pounds, we need to get the equipment, including the film, to take pictures for this month's assignment. It's that simple. We have twenty pounds to spend to buy something to take pictures with, and a medium to take pictures. I'm not gonna you. It is a great idea. I'm not going, to, not going to include the cost of getting the film developed. You know, that's fine. But you've got to be able to buy a camera or some other method of capturing an image on the film and buy some film or paper or whatever you want to use. And for this first month, what I have done, what I gone done did, I went on to 500px and was immediately humbled by all the amazing pictures on there. And I wrote down all the different categories of photography that they had on there, uh, bar one. I'll be honest, I put a line through nude. I thought, no, <laughs> I, just no. You've already threatened uh, your selfie shots in the shower with your waterproof camera this week. I thought, no, I'm not risking that. So, in my. Uh... Street Porter in the fappening. <laughs> so, I've got a box here with bits of paper in. I'm going to reach in, unpack a piece of paper out, and see what our first assignment is. So, we've got £20 to spend. Oh, this is quite a nice, easy start, actually. The first assignment is street photography. So, got £20. You're not allowed to use a piece of equipment that you've already got. You've got to go out, find a camera of some sort and some film and get some street photography images. And if anybody else listening within the sound of my voice wants to join in with this, the idea being that this is a nice economical way of doing it. And hopefully it should inspire some creative thinking because the plan is that going forward from this 
we're going to be trying to use and reuse the same kit with uh, minimal additions going forward to achieve all the other aspects of uh, photography as listed on 500px we won't do this every month but um yeah <laughs> street photography 20 pounds guys are you up for it uh, I am, but I've got to say, the way I usually get for cameras for less than £20 is you just simply post them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have, do you know, uh, since you since you did that last time, no, I actually found, uh, I did buy a Holger on eBay uh, a few months ago, uh, and I got it for a tenner, which was an e- a steal, even though they'd already announced they were discontinuing them. And that, the reason was because it came with Wait, two... Hey, vivid- how many of these things have you got now? The Holgers. Uh, you have four. No, I'm. Th- I've got three now. So I got. Three. I bought. I bought the original one, and then I liked it so much. I thought, if they're not making these things and they're cheap, then I'm going to buy more. And then they weren't <laughs> cheap anymore because they've announced they're not going to make them. Uh, but I found there's a place. Uh, there's a place in London. I think it's on Tottenham Court Road called Mister Cad. And Mr. Cad uh, in Pimlico. Uh, oh, it might have been the yes. one in Pimlico. That's your that's your shop in Pimlico, isn't that's it? That's my shop in Pimlico. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been, it might have been there. Um, and they suddenly had some uh, some Holgers, you know, boxed brand new. Uh, so I bought two. Uh, although I've since shipped one off to Graham to play with. Yeah. God, well, I mean, look, I'm already using the box to make the draw for this. See, I feel like you guys actually have a distinct advantage <laughs> living in taught... more. So that was a brand new, like, you know, collector's item, Holger, new in box. <laughs> Are you telling me that you've just ripped the box apart to make no, no, no. the draw? <laughs> no, no, I've used the box as a, a lucky dip box. The box oh, okay, is still right. okay. in mint condition, as it will always remain. Um, <laughs> I, said, I think you guys have a distinct advantage of being in urban areas. You can have more shops to get around and find stuff. But uh, oh, man, anyway, no, no, I, live in, I live in the home counties. The 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 uh, <laughs> the, the only the only. <laughs> That's why they don't have Poundland film. I'm amazed they have Poundland at all. There were, it's what used to be the Woolies, but Woolies went bankrupt years ago, didn't it? But going back to my point, is it permissible? Because I have two no. crappy plastic. <laughs> no, no. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, Aid. Let me make this perfectly clear. Any camera you have in your possession right now cannot be used. You have one month to go and source a camera and some film. Fortunately, I know we can get some cheap film for £20 and get some pictures taken. Keep okay. us updated. I would, I will do my best. I have no idea where I'm going to buy a camera for less than 20 quid so i'm gonna buy a four pack of special brie <laughs> i mean that'll give you the inspiration if nothing else sure and then make cameras out of them that's that's a good idea see you could make a camera and with street photography you could get away with that it might be you difficult when a special brie on the street Actually, you can't, can you? That's a, that's a hot item on the street. You don't want to be leaving a special <laughs> route anywhere at the street, really. Yeah, maybe I haven't mm. thought this through. Something like <laughs> Foster's, maybe. Well, it's not mm. so much that that's going to be the problem. <laughs> yeah, no one would drink that. It's when you need to use your pinhole camera for the next assignment and it turns out that that's something like sports photography. That might be more tricky. <laughs> yeah. Maybe did you, did you hear about the guys who had the beer can camera on a highway in America, and uh, the the, um, the locals called the FBI and came along and sent their little robot thing up and blew up the camera. <laughs> Great, uh... a controlled explosion. So that's <laughs> why. 
there's quite a risk associated with this assignment then is what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) just choose your beer wisely (laughs) (laughs) okay all right yeah mission accepted bring it on so what we tend to do at the end of the podcast is give uh, a whole bunch of uh Shout-outs and mentions to all of our Sunny16 podcast internet accounts. But given that we have a guest, Dave, would you like to tell us where listeners can find you on the internet if they want to catch some of your photos or have a chat? Uh, yeah, it's at your mum's house. <laughs> <laughs> and also the pixelatedphotographer.com. Um, and big thanks to Chris from the forums. He's done a lovely job. He has done a lovely job. We always make sure to say thank you to Chris every week uh, for mm. the technical support he gives us and for hosting the longer-form conversations at pixelatedphotographer.com. Uh, Graham, would you like to tell our listeners where else they can find us on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. The best place to find us where we are most active is on um, Instagram, which is uh, at Sunny16Podcast. Um, we're on Twitter and uh, Facebook. It's all at Sunny16Podcast. Um We, as has been mentioned repeatedly throughout the show, have a Flickr group. Uh, So a great place if you want to go and see some of the pictures that we're sharing a little bit bigger. Um, But yeah, get in touch with us anywhere, uh, particularly on Instagram, because that's about the only one I can actually keep up with. And uh, I'm really enjoying seeing everybody's pictures on there. So please do get in touch. And if you want to have a uh, ask us a question or ask any more in-depth, our email address is sunny16podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Well, I would also like to say thank you to uh, Kevin McLeod, uh, whose music Honey Bee threads all the way through this podcast, uh, except for the point when we're doing the Breaking News soundtrack, which Graham provides verbally for us. Uh, Honey Bee uh, by Kevin McLeod can be found at... In- and is shared under a Creative Commons license. Which leads me, I think, with just one really, really, really important message. Uh, Although often Graham says it better than I do. Uh, Please, could you leave us a review on iTunes? This is really important to us because it helps people find the podcast and helps us grow the listeners. Clearly, yeah, with a fine new podcast like the Sunny 16 podcast, uh, you'd probably be better off giving us a review. Two out of ten. (laughs) would not listen to it again okay so our once only special guest Dave has been a delight Uh, thank you (laughs) and I'll sign off now say goodbye goodbye see you later guys How did you find your first podcast experience, mate? Ah, pretty terrifying, to be honest. (laughs) Sorry for freaking out so much at the start. (laughs)